Hi again, everyone. Welcome to another Squiggly Film Club. I'm Ben Mitchell here with Laura Beth Cowley. I'm eating a biscuit. <laughs> and Steve Henderson. I'm not eating a biscuit. I'd love a biscuit. I bought biscuits that look like tree stars for the theme of the film. Ah, oh, wow. Props. Mm. I'm well into it. <laughs> I okay. would do this by myself if you guys weren't here, so... <laughs> so, as you might have gleaned then... Uh, the winner of the latest Squiggly Film Club poll was indeed The Land Before Time, which I think was our closest yet. I think it won by, what, two, three votes? Mm. Yeah, it was 61 votes for Land Before Time and 58 for An American Tale. I'm surprised it was as close as it was, because I know everyone likes both of these films a lot, but The American Tale is a bit annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Comparatively. Okay, I'll, I'll take saying. your word for that. Whiny little mice. <laughs> <laughs> Do the dinosaurs not whine in this? No, they don't really sing. Okay. Yeah, that's true. This was, I mean, most of Don Bluth's things are pretty musical, and The Land Before Time kind of steers away from that, apart from the bit where Diana Ross goes off on one during the credits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, we have it all queued up on Netflix, which I think is the um, easiest way to catch this film uh, online. Mm. So uh, if you all want to do likewise... We really should be getting sponsored by like Netflix and Amazon Prime during all of this. Let's look into like, that. Like, if anyone's listening, give us some money. Before we do, are we going to put up two films for next week? Oh, I thought we'd normally do that at the end. Uh, let's no, get this end, going first, and then... Um, We'll, we'll we usually escape during the end. We usually wait until the last second. But uh, yeah, okay. Well, let's save that to the end. Get people. Uh, yeah, give, give them something to wait for. To, yeah, to hang on for. Okay, so let's go in three, two, two one, one. Play. I have stars. I have a planet. Is it Universal? Yes, I it is. I have the old Universal logo. You know, nowadays they would have made it so all the continents were together, so that it was in the dinosaur times. Ah, Pangea. Mm. Yeah. Oh, look at the thing. <laughs> the thing. This is really hard to watch this without sound, because the sound in this film is the best. Yeah. I, screw it, I'm doing it anyway. I've got a little bit of sound. All right, I've got sound. Everything looks like sea monkeys. <laughs> The backgrounds in this film are amazing, which, once again, always a bit like lighting, seems like a cop-out. But in all fairness, nothing else is on screen right now. Look at old-fashioned bubbles. Oh, Jesus Christ, he's off. Hey! Hello, <laughs> Mike. got two facts, three. Go, read. Oh, my God. So we're That's in the chat room, aren't we, then? Let's explain. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we've got our resident animation dinosaur expert, Michael Farm, uh, in the chat room. Uh, so far it's only Mike in the chat room <laughs> it's all we need it's all we need he's going to fill it up for everyone yeah uh, and in boy is he what have you got there Ben and we would ignore everyone else anyway so yeah well he I think is the authority on all things animated and dinosaury. Oh, that's kind of his deal look at the thing uh, first thing uh, during production of an American tale talks began of the next feature with Steven Spielberg. He wanted to do a film similar to Bambi but only with dinosaurs. I don't think that's true. 
well. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I'm going to put my two cents in. Okay, there's already... Um, uh, because there's nothing in this... Oh, I, I kind of see where they're going with it, but no. Yeah, I, I got that one as well. So uh, apparently they liked the bit in Fantasia as well with the dinosaurs, and they just wanted to do that. And as we're watching oh, yeah. this kind of beginning bit, I mean, it's, what's it been, like 15 minutes? The, the, the titles have just turned up. It's slow and it's you know it's about nature and all that sort of stuff it's it's not really about talking animals yet is it so i think no it does have a very fantasia feel yeah very atmospheric and slow oh somebody's speaking I mean, we we can talk over him. But we don't. It's not rude. This this guy who's speaking <laughs> he can't in 1987. Hear us. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we've got a narrator who's telling us where we are, as if the dinosaurs didn't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all in. It's all scientifically incorrect. So what do we know? Maybe Indeed. the narrator is making up for that. I feel like the foreshortening on those dinosaurs is wrong. Like they seem to be like quite big and then tiny tiny yeah i mean there's something i find that when i watch a lot of very very high-end classical animation is there's a sort of teacher part of my brain that's just like oh that wobbled don't do that though they (laughs) didn't oh that shouldn't be but you know it was the olden days so they're doing this blind with one hand yeah and they were crippled with polio so (laughs) you know you gotta give them a some dig their this, way to work this, every day. This bit here with the the dinosaur coming up and eating the uh, that's repeat that animation's repeated later on at the end just to ruin <laughs> the, any notion of quality for 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 you guys. It's just economic. It's a well, of course it is, but you know, um, it's lazy. That's what it is. It's pure oh, lazy. It, is it Ducky? I can't remember. Yes, it's Ducky. I love Ducky. Ducky is the best dinosaur. <laughs> Ducky wins. Do you know the... I'm sure, Steve, you've Googled this, but do you know the horrible, horrible story about Ducky? Yeah, I do. It's it's the, it's rather a tragedy, isn't it, to be uh, uh, associating with this adorable character on screen? I know, but there's no getting away from it. If you Google Lamb Before Time for more than five seconds, it's like the third thing that comes up. Yeah. I don't uh, think Ben knows the story. Should we no. share the horrible, horrible story with Ben? Yeah, it's that kind of day. It, it really is horrific. Okay. Um, I'm game. So the actress that played um, Ducky was called uh, Judith Barcy. She was 10 years old. And her dad killed her and her w- mother by shooting them. He was really abusive. Hmm. So she actually never got to see the film. And she was also in um, All Dogs Go to Heaven. And she didn't get to see that either because they were made in the same year. What I find kind of creepy as well is that on her grave it says, like, the catchphrase of the character in the film is, yep, yep, yep. And they have that on her gravestone, apparently. Hmm. Yeah, it's a a bit, um, was it uh, Mel Blanc who's got That's All Folks on his uh, his grave, which was... Yeah, but I feel like he had a choice. Yeah, that's that's true. Like, he was old. Hmm. I mean, in all fairness, like, she hadn't done much because she was ten, so maybe... She would have wanted, and she pretty about, much 
like 50% of her legacy. Yeah, and apparently she really liked this character and liked playing her, but once again, she was 10. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently she'd been in, in about 70 like commercials and things like that. She mm. was one of those kids well, she has a really like I wouldn't have necessarily even thought that she was a child actor. It's a really she's a she was very good. Mm. This character is very lovable, but it has that kind of Bart Simpson quality like you feel like it's coming from a much older person. Yes. Mm. Yeah. There's a yeah, there's a, there's a professionalism there that you wouldn't associate with a somebody that young. But, but she, ha- I, she was really like trained from like mm. a young age, wasn't she to be a she was a Hollywood child. Yeah. There we have well, uh, the introduction I'm glad we of... got that out of the way early. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't remember if Ducky came up quite at the beginning, because I always remember the middle bit near, like, when they sort of join up again. Mm. And I was like, oh, that will be bleak. So we'll get that out way nice and early. I'm glad. I'm glad. So it's just happiness from now on. It's just cheerful, yeah. <laughs> cheerful stuff. Um, now it's just sad in the film. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's let this film depress us and not life. <laughs> so uh, we're at the the bit where uh, Littlefoot's been born, and it's it is kind of leaning on Bambi, isn't it, for an inspiration? The whole kind of you know just born. Look at all the mutants staring at him. It feels like it's got a bit of a Dumbo feel as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like the whole like giant mother, tiny baby thing, and like mm. the way that he like crawls into her skin and stuff. Which makes him sound like a parasite, but... (laughs) Well, aren't all children parasites, Laura? Yes. Yeah. Um, There's something rather odd about about the transfer of this on on Netflix. I don't know if you guys are getting this. It seems that it's... um, You can see a a certain flicker and sort of a morphing on the screen when you you look at the clouds or any kind of areas of uh, plain colour. Are you getting that? Do you that? mean like the graininess? It's kind of like a graininess, but it also looks like... Um, yeah, it just looks weird. It's kind of just boiling, but like... Yeah. Maybe it's like the digital... You'd know. Well, the shot that we're on now, I just see a film grain. Mm. Um, and maybe sometimes when you compress the film grain, um, that creates sort of ghosting artefacts. So yeah, just then when it faded out... Um, it gives it a kind of um, sort of like you're watching something on YouTube a bit. Yeah. Generally speaking, Netflix tends to be a sort of higher overall quality. Um, I th- uh, I've noticed some odd, like sort of optical things happening with like there's a kind of blurriness to some of the edges and certain shots, and yeah. I think that's probably just down to the conditions of um, you know whatever the source. True star. Oh, it's your cookies yeah. in cartoon form. Tree stars. But yeah, I have noticed that like different HD ways of viewing older films tend to kind of deal with visual artifacts differently. Mm. And some films on Blu-ray, like the grain is almost too much. It's like you're seeing all of the imperfections of the uh, print just in way too much, you know, detail. Yeah, and it's actually distracting. Like you know, it's like you're looking at it through a, a blizzard. Um, and when they, you know, when that's all shrunk down to like VHS dimensions, you don't notice any of it, of course. Um, so films actually look older when you're seeing them in better definition. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not too distracting on this. I think. 
I've taken a quick glance at the uh, chat room, Ben. Have you have you seen? Uh, Mike's been busy. Oh, I haven't scrolled down. I was I was <laughs> I was going to space them out. I think that was a fool's errand. <laughs> um, Thirteen facts so far. Okay. And we've been watching for uh, nine minutes. <laughs> Were you saying this before that they that Steven Spielberg and George Lucas originally wanted it to have no dialogue? Mm. Um, but they uh, they abandoned that idea to get the kids in. Um, composer was James Horner, who also did an American Tale and quite a lot of other films. I feel like they dramatically overestimated their storytelling ability if they thought they could tell this film with no dialogue. Hmm. <laughs> Because they've never done that before. It would be a stretch to be like, in this new form that we're not used to, let's go for no dialogue. Well, I don't know. I, mean, I don't think it was that new at this point. This wasn't, isn't like a film from the 40s not, or the 50s. Not in terms of history, in terms of for them. Okay. I mean, in terms of what this is as well, I mean, you can, you know that like Shaun the Sheep works and there's no dialogue in that, but there's a lot of pantomime and a lot of comedy. Whereas, this, as we're watching now, you know, we've been introduced to Sarah, there's a lot of pantomime to this bit, but the whole film's not pantomime. There's there's a lot more kind of peril and things like that. Um, I'm not sure it would have sustained an hour and 20 minutes or whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think as the film goes on, they give up on giving them blusher all the time, which I... <laughs> I always find the fact that they're all wearing blusher really weird. Because it doesn't make them look cute, it just looks like they've got makeup on. It's very strange. Because <laughs> last time I sh- checked, lizards don't, like, you know, blush. Yeah, because they're cold-blooded. That's another one of the inaccuracies that this <laughs> film has failed to rectify. I mean, unbelievable. Which, of course, he uh, rectified later on with Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, here's another factoid from Michael. An early working title for the film was The Land Before Time Began. Ooh. Bit of word economy there in the final decision. They should have just called it The Land Before. But there was time. Before. Like, right. There was never not time. Did they mean well, that's what, up what for watches? debate. Huh? I mean, we need to, you know, that's a loftier discussion, I think. <laughs> Time is a concept, you know, it's, 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 there's all sorts of things that we can scrutinise about when time began. But yes, I think there was time before uh, the dinosaurs went extinct. Like, I mean, time is obviously happening now, or they'll just be sort of floating in a kind of... You know what, I'm going to abandon this thread. Yeah, <laughs> I would. Did you know the film's narrator is Pat Hingle? I did not. I don't even know who Pat Hingle is, who but is that? I'll... Well, Thank you, Michael. But so, some people may recognise him from his role as Commissioner Gordon from the Batman movies. Nope. Um, the late eighties and early nineties Batman movies. He also lends his voice to Old Rooter mm-hmm. later in the film. Mm-hmm. There you go. Old Rooter's the uh, Old Rooter's the internet box that uh, Littlefoot encounters uh, <laughs> later on in the film. Just to turn it off and on again yeah. before it's too late. It's got AOL written down the side of it. And the production was preceded by extensive research, 
Researchers visited natural history museums in New York, Los Angeles, and the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. I don't imagine they got much from the one in New York. Oh, the one we went to? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's... I was very disappointed with that museum. That's a pretty lame museum. It is really boring. Like, nothing's real. I do not understand what like... Ross Geller was so fucking happy about. <laughs> he went to, like, the world's most boring play centre to work. They're all just fake animals in, like, display cases, like tableaus. There's nothing there to do. Do they have a it's... cafe? And it was awful. <laughs> That's the most important, you know. It's like a really shit diner. In, like, a really boring office. And it's, like, underground. It was very weird. So we've got a, uh, the, you know, Littlefoot and Sarah have started playing and making friends, etc. And Sharptooth has arrived. Sharptooth being the main villain of the piece. That and, obviously, uh, climate change being the main villain. <laughs> I mean, this is weird. The way he's sniffing about. I've not seen this film since I was probably about 10 or 11, but I'm remembering it vividly. I'm remembering the animation, uh, the scenarios, the backgrounds. It's, it's really weird how animation can do that. Yeah. No, it's, uh, the stuff that sticks is sort of mm. interesting. Especially at a certain age, it just tattoos itself on your brain. Yeah. I imagine a scene like this would probably linger with you, because it's quite... Um... It reminds me a bit of the Warren scene in um, Watership Down. Mm, the sort of intense peril. Thing. Also, the, the bit where um, Littlefoot's going through the uh, bracken or brambles or whatever you want to... You know, the, the vines there. It's, it's Simba... And Nala escaping from um, from the hyenas in The Lion King. And there's a lot of this film that really kind of lends itself uh, to The Lion King. Obviously, I think the, the word circle of life's met, uh, said uh, in it as well later on. That's probably the two things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said a lot. I mean, two's, two's a lot, you know. Did you know, Steve, that the original runtime was 80 to 82 minutes long, but after extensive editing to attain a G rating instead of a PG rating, the film was brought down to 68 minutes? Well, I do now. <laughs> what did they have in this film that they had to take out? Really graphic sex scene. Ah, did the dinosaurs grow up and... They sort of like were playing God by making Sarah and Littlefoot get it on. Oh my goodness. Makes him sort of half breed, long neck, free horn. The Becky. ultimate dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, it was violence, apparently, that, uh, that stopped the. Uh, that, that got the edit, the, the, the time that was snipped away. Uh, Spielberg apparently didn't like the, uh, the violence that was in the film. I mean, it's quite violent now, what's going on, but. Um, mm. You know, it's cartoon what dinosaurs. A wet yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bit weird to be like, there was too much violence. It was the dinosaurs. That's all they, that was. Hmm. I kind of feel that that, was, that would be what the people are tuning in for in a film about dinosaurs. But there you go. I'm sure they, uh, they had their reasons. 
Over 600 background paintings were made for this film. Does he have the book or something? He is I think the he book. has the book in his head. Yeah. I think we should have like the book. A, a, like a bell or something where we like ring it for like mic fact. <laughs> a special mic. I'll get the horn back on it. <laughs> Is there like a, a dinosaur roar noise? Ah! There you go. <laughs> Less a, um, a film trivia thing and more a, uh, a personal remembrance. This was my first introduction to animated features, says Mike. And maybe the reason my first word was Brontosaurus. What? I think he might have just made one of those indeterminate Wait, noises. That, that, that can't be true. Babies making... He was told later it was I mean, Brontosaurus. I, I, I do not doubt for a split second that Mike's first word was Brontosaurus. When did this film come out? Oh, Matt, but then he goes on to elaborate. Until 2015, Brontosaurus was the incorrect name for a species of sauropod, and it was changed later to Apatosaurus. Um, so, you know, his first word wasn't even a real dinosaur. <laughs> what, a- what, a, what a silly person. <laughs> Get it together, Mike. Infant Mike. Uh, do, 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 do. A study on one was of the Mike's skeletons. Was Mike's first word when he was nine? No, when he was four, <laughs> probably. Because it's, if it's 1988, I think he's my age, so he'd have been four. I mean, it's a big word. I mean, it's like combining <laughs> like six or seven other like baby words, like mama. <laughs> so we got the sad bit coming up. The bit that everyone kind of remembers. This is... Akin to the classic Disney Bambi's mother dying. Sorry to spoil Bambi for people, but that's what happens. I challenge anyone to remember any other bits of Bambi. Uh, the one where you were confused about the gender of the of the skunk. That oh, okay. scene always got to me. Yeah. And uh, now uh, Littlefoot is going to be indoctrinated into sort of vague religious teachings. This is the um, when he goes and meets the dinosaur that never shows up again. Yes, Ruta. Oh, that's it. Mm. Yeah, I think is it Ruta. Ruta. Mm. Ruta, the uh, the psychology uh, uh, or psychiatry uh, character. I couldn't remember if Ruta was the name of the the bald-headed dinosaur or his grandfather. No, this is. Uh, I think Here's Ruta. Yeah. This random green pile of mush. Mm. Ah, there he is. I mean, what was Ruta doing? Just sort of sitting in the mud waiting to die? Is that. <laughs> He's having a nap. He's old. He's reached a certain age. <laughs> I'm fascinated by Ruta's eyebrows. They don't make any sense. So yeah, the uh, the yeah the eyebrows. Sorry, um, <laughs> they're so weird. They're like I mean, bacon. Yeah. They're, they're um, I mean, they're competing with me. I quite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're they're giving like my they're eyebrows. Drawn on. Yeah, they're giving my eyebrows a run for the money. <laughs> Look at and his the tiny ears. The <laughs> All right, I'm sat right here. Oh, you're on about the dinosaur. Ha ha. Do dinosaurs um, have ears? This one does. Old when you get older, did. yeah. When you That's get older, weird. your ears get bigger. So if you had no ears, of course you get little ears. Presumably, <laughs> science don't argue with it. I always find this really weird as well that he like basically tells this 
baby dinosaur to get on with it and then disappears. <laughs> like, what kind of parenting adult figure is this? It's like, ah, you're on your own, kid. I, I think he's just wise. You know, it's like, ah, I've imparted my wisdom. I'll be on my merry way, thinking that the person he's been talking to is very grateful. This kid is like, but I don't know where I am. I'm alone. I don't know how to feed give me myself. Some directions. My mum just died. <laughs> he's like, well, off see I go. Ya. But but to be I'm fair, <laughs> to be fair on Ruta, like he didn't ask for it, did he? he I mean, he, this this kid's just yeah, turned up. He's not obliged I, to give any advice. I mean, like I hope if you find a kid in the street, Steve, you don't just go. It's part of life, and then fuck off. Well, I just try not to interact with them. I mean. <laughs> And I'm not a dinosaur, so, you know. Arguably. Arguably. <laughs> I like these things. These things are cool. These are another thing that are a bit like Fantasia. They're a bit like the unicorns. And mm, and the music's playing that as well, isn't it? Yeah. They were definitely very inspired by Fantasia. The different colours are quite satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> you want to collect them. Oh, I want them to come in, in like in a Kinder Egg. Oh, they all ate the cherry. And mummy has more cherries. Oh, look at them all. Oh, it's the thing. It's going to do the thing. Look. Oh, it's going to give him a cherry. Oh. No, it's not. <laughs> no, wait. He'll, he'll come, he comes back. No, he, he doesn't. He's, he's, he hates that. He's like, well. Okay, look. fair enough. Uh, uh, e. I see that uh, Littlefoot's Aww. blusher is uh, using less and less and less rouge as the film's <laughs> going on, so obviously the, they were running out of it. Uh-huh. Mm. Peep. <laughs> oh, tree star. So, uh, going back to that kind of blusher sort of scenario, I think the... One of the reasons this film was like such a major success, and I'm not looking at the uh, I'm not looking at the facts here, Ben. So if this is what Mike said, I'm sure he has. I'm sure. He um, there's one of the things that why one of the reasons that Don Bluth actually left Disney, and he says so much in in the interview that we did with him in 2016 on the site, um, was that Disney had kind of lost it, its way for him, and uh, it came to a point where. They were animating, say, for example, The Rescuers, which is a great film, stands up and everything, but they didn't bother with shadows and they didn't even bother with whites for the characters' eyes, uh, which kind of irked um, Don Bluth because he wanted that kind of, you know, extra quality, a little bit of light here, a bit of shadow there. Um, And so he took it away and did uh, Secret of Nim. And it was then when Steven Spielberg thought, wow, that's great. I mean, how much did it cost? And then when uh, Don Bluth told him that it costs, you know, comparatively uh, cheaper than he would have thought, I think it was something like $7 million, which is a bargain nowadays, but back then would have been quite a lot. Uh, He was surprised and said, let's make a couple of films together. And then you get uh, An American Tale. And now The Land Before Time began. Well, according to our friend Michael... Oh, God, am I wrong? Uh, no, I think that was all right. But um, uh, Bluth came away from this film not very happy that it was so heavily edited um, and uh, has absconded with one of the only copies of the unedited version of the film but uh, has never released it. Mm. 
So uh, I guess the director's cut with extra gore uh, is out there somewhere. In a, Hashtag in a release the Bluth cut. <laughs> Hashtag release the Bluth cut. I said it twice so people do it twice. Did we see the scene where Littlefoot and Sarah are attacked by Sharptooth? Yeah, yeah, yeah early did. on with the form. Was that with the... Okay. When you were picking your nose and staring at the wall, Ben. Sarah! Yeah. <laughs> I was scratching myself. Oh, that's <laughs> how you spell Sarah. Yeah, Triceratops. Oh, I never got that. I thought her name was just Sarah. I did, as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh. it sounds exactly like Sarah. <laughs> Why is he called Littlefoot and not Longneck? Well... Uh, I refer you to Mike. my friend Mike. Can we have a um, Mike fact noise, please? Littlefoot ah! was originally going to be called Thunderfoot, mm. uh, but a Triceratops from a children's book already had that name. Why? Why are they obsessed with their feet? The thing is, that he has a long neck. That's well, true. That, mm. Does he have tiny feet? Is he like a pig dinosaur? Aren't the long necks like the name of the Breed? the collective? Yeah. Yeah, but why aren't they emphasising that? Like, none of the others are... All the others... Well, I think are... if he's called Long Neck the Long Neck, that's a bit... Why crap, not Lanky or Larry or something? <laughs> Larry. Big stupid neck. <laughs> Larry, I, I argue, would be better named than Littlefoot, but... Because all the rest of them have, like, actual names. So, so you're saying he should be called Lawrence? Yeah. Like... He should be Lawrence Laurie, the dinosaur. The neck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, when he was born, he did have little feet. But, you know... Did he? That's, well, comparatively, uh, I suppose. Oh, uh, is this like Dumbo? And he's called Dumbo because he has big ears. Yeah. Uh, <gasps> Ducky. Ducky, according to Michael, is a big mouth anatosaurus voiced by Judith Barsley. We went through that horrible story. Uh, oh, he's he's going on to tell us the horrible story. Okay, so we we got that one. We've been there. Done it, Mike. Beat oh, he, to uh, it, Mike. he's also explained the um, bizarre um, standalone scene with Old Rooter. Originally, Old Rooter, the club tail Ankylosaurus, didn't appear in the script. He was added under the advisement of psychologists to soften the blow of the mother's death. Originally, the scene went from the death scene to Littlefoot wandering around before we see the light-hearted baby pterosaur scene. So I guess um, old Rooter was there to get us through it. I'm not as sure well if we as... needed him. Because he mean, never comes back. Speak for yourself, Laura. I mean, I, I feel <laughs> that my, my soul has been... Uh, you know, a soothing balm has been applied to it. I feel quite happy now. We're not all, you know, hardy and emotionally strong like you. <laughs> No, but she, he'd have met Ducky eventually. Yeah. And Sarah. He knows Sarah. She then ran off, but... He's smiling now. I mean, yeah. how soon we forget. He's allowed to smile. <laughs> Michael also uh, elaborates on some of the examples of how the film was edited. If you, the keen of eye might notice that the scenes with Sharp Tooth are rearranged, and there are some continuity issues. Uh, an example of this is Sharptooth's Sharp Tooth's right eye is meant to be blinded by Littlefoot during their first encounter, 
but you can clearly see him with his eye closed as he looks for them before it's injured. Um, uh, what? I'm a little confused. Anyway, he says you can find the original scene on YouTube restored with storyboards. So you can get an idea of how it was edited down. Uh, he might have he might have had uh, hay fever, and that's why his eye might have been closed. We don't know if dinosaurs didn't have hay fever. It's what wiped them out. Maybe yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe we've cracked it. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't a meteor? It was pollen. Yeah, <laughs> a new strain of pollen. Well, like in that awful M Night Shyamalan film, they're happening. The one where the trees just decide to kill everyone? I don't know this film. No? Well, don't worry. We won't be doing it on a film club. Oh, Petrie. Tiny Petrie. Who voiced Petrie? Good question. Because Petrie is like the neurotic dinosaur who's scared of everything. So what was the question? Who voiced Petrie? Well, Michael is in like a shot. It's as though he can hear us. Yeah, Petrie is a flyer pteranodon voiced by Will Ryan, who has lent his voice to many animated characters since the 80s. Uh, maybe he knows uh, what some of those characters are. Petrie reminds me a bit of like Bartok and that kind of thing. Yeah, same. Was it the same director? Does Don Bluth do Anastasia? I don't know. I think maybe. Yeah. It definitely has a very similar vibe, if not. Ooh, I'm having a flashback. They go up to the eye and it opens. And it's dead scary. What? Oh, yeah, because she's trying to be like, I'm so brave. Yeah. So uh, another Bambi thing. I don't know if I don't know if Mike's uh, said this in the in the chat yet, but um, Sarah was originally going to be a boy called um, Bambo, which Bambo? is not a, Bambo. Yeah, which is I, I'm sake. not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then they went, no, we can't do that. That's too obvious. What about Bamba? What about Bamboo? <laughs> no, no. So, do you ever wonder oh, sometimes... He did mention Bambo, yes, and oh. George Lucas decided to change it. Oh, Mike, uh, you're the king of dinosaur facts. He is. Do you ever wonder with, like, these little weird factoids about, like, when it's factoids about, like, name changes and stuff that, like, they're not really... There's not really information. Right. <laughs> like, it's... In the same way that, like, if you were making anything, you'd probably go through a couple of iterations of what you were going to call thing, but you never talk about them. What do you mean trivia? Yeah, but like, it's such weird trivia. Like it, it's not like like that was going to affect anything. Like if it had been called Bambo, you'd have been like, well, that's stupid. But that would have been it. It wasn't going to change the course of the film. No, I think it depends on how you feel about the film and what your relationship is with it. And there are quite a few films where I know all sorts of utterly banal trivia that's interesting to me. I know it's only to me. But is it interesting? Uh, because you're like, oh, I know a thing, or is it interesting because it's actually interesting? I think sometimes oh, it's interesting we... to think, isn't it? It's interesting to think, oh, what would it have been like? You know, But nothing so... would have changed if it had been a boy. At, well, probably if it had been a boy, but if it was called Bambo, except you'd be like, that's a stupid name for a dinosaur. 
Yeah. But also you kind of I wonder like how how much was that really a fact or that it was it literally like they were brainstorming at like midnight like what if we call it bambo and they were different shut up like as if right. we're gonna call yeah, it okay. bambo but they're like that'll be a great story that people will be talking about in 40 years and here we are well i, I checked in with uh mike about petrie and other characters that will ryan might uh be known for include digit in an American tale, and Willie the Giant since the eighties. I don't know what that is. And he then says, "Willie from Disney." I mean, I don't know what Does that, that is. Does that mean anything to you, Steve? Uh, I think so. Is it is it the based on the old um, Mickey Mouse short, but the the character keeps reappearing in stuff for like Walt Disney rides and things like that? Maybe. Like I'm, I'm picturing like a ginger giant. Okay. This yeah. is quite creepy that That's they're just Mike. walking around with a skeleton on them. <laughs> Bit of skeleton comedy. Essentially a corpse. That was a, a pretty um, suggestive little scenario there. See, I think it was the sexual tension that made it not a P, uh, not a G, or a yeah. U. Well, her, her legs didn't need to be up in the air like that, and he didn't need to be sort of like looming over her. Exactly. Sexual tension. How old are they meant to be? Oh, like five. Oh. What's that in dinosaur years? Five. <laughs> Uh-oh. Did dinosaurs live long? <laughs> like like were they like dogs? <laughs> <laughs> or are they like elephants? Because elephants live for ages. Uh you know what I'm gonna ask Mike? Yeah, Google Google Mr. Dinosaur Expert. He's our he's our Google for the whole thing. We're not allowed to use any uh, search engines, or we're not allowed to use Wikipedia or anything. We've got to use Mike. Do you know what's quite interesting from a design point of view for all the dinosaurs is that normally, especially with like animal characters and animal characters that are, to be honest, not meant to be cute. Dinosaurs aren't really cute. Um, that they've given them all like blusher and eyelashes and stuff regardless of gender, which is quite unusual because normally that's how you decipher um, between genders of non-gendered creatures Hmm. is eyelashes or a bow or something, something really lazy. But they all have eyelashes. Yeah. But it's just unusual that they'd have done that. Like, they obviously gave Bambi eyelashes and stuff, but... And also, what's his name? Flower. Mike must be in despair at the questions I'm asking him. (laughs) (laughs) How long do dinosaurs live? Mike, we're wondering what the average lifespan of a dinosaur would have been. He's fucking loving it. What are you on about? This is like... This is like where he's quiz master. (laughs) This is his whole life's been leading up to this. Yeah. Does he have a, a website or anything other than his Twitter? We should direct people to who this person is. Uh, let's have a little eee. look on his, his Twitter. His three arm three arm Mike on Twitter. I, I seem to remember off the top of my head, but let's find out if he's got an actual website. I know he oh. might have a blog for his film that is coming eee. out. So there's not a clue on lifespan. Spike. You surprise me, Michael. I like this scene. Look at it. He's like Kevin from The Office. That's some uh, satisfying chomping animation. It's really satisfying. I always forget about Spike, but Spike is the best. Next to Ducky. 
So yeah, Mike's. Uh, I don't think Mike's got a, a website that he's that he's kind of actively plugging, but um, you can find him on buymeacoffee.com/slash/mikefarm. T H A R M E, because uh, he's currently in production of his uh, MA film, uh, which has dinosaurs in it. Are they dinosaurs or are they dinosaur-like creatures? As it ah, uh, yeah, before? yeah. They're dinosaur-like creatures. It's it's called Wildlife on Mars, and it's set obviously on Mars, but in the past when there was dinosaurs on my, Mars. So I yeah. do remember when he would co- come around with his dinosaur puppet. Yeah, he'd come to Annecy and various festivals with it under his arm and whip it out. Um, mm. uh, to much enthusiasm, it was a lovely it's puppet. An impressive puppet. Um, but I do remember that being uh, an important distinction. Uh, according to. Uh, the first article that came up in Google, they reckon maybe 300 years dinosaurs lived. like, Or a certain type of dinosaur may have lived. That's as much... Um, Wait, on it, what? They lived individually 300 years. Like, one dinosaur could live for 300 years. Like like a turtle. Unless you yeah, got eaten. I think that's what they're basing it on. I don't think that can be true. Well, if any dinosaurs out there, or dinosaur enthusiasts... Want to um, take me to task and prove me wrong? I will offer up literally no resistance. <laughs> I will have I will have forgotten I even said it in ten minutes from now. So so yeah. So if they're like seven, they're like minus one in human years. Oh, Mike's now saying I think the oldest known dinosaur was a T Rex that was thirty or forty years old. So that <laughs> the three hundred years theory can go fuck itself. Maybe they 40, mean turtle. 40 years old. <laughs> I'm going to make it to 40, honestly. Yeah. Useless. I think but then how really. long does an elephant last? Like 50, 60 years? Uh, I don't know. Depends if it gets shot. Uh, how about a whale? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've not got my sort of encyclopedia why don't you guys know more (laughs) is is the chubby one spike yes okay got some spike info for you yes spike is a spike tail stegosaurus and although he is mute in the film he is credited as being voiced by frank welker and joe ranft neither were credited the, what, wait? <laughs> that's a confusing sentence so he was he was or he wasn't credited that they were they were them but they weren't in the credits maybe it's theorized that anyway it's unclear whether it was frank joe or both since multiple sources say different things i see however frank has been confirmed to have provided the raw and growl like sounds of sharp tooth um and the character of spike was inspired by don bluth's pet chow chow cubby What's a chow chow? Chow chow is a is the um the big yeah it's the big orange dog that's like really really fluffy and has a blue tongue. Oh okay, I think I know what you mean. They're Uh, so cute. In a dropped scene called the berry scene by fans, Littlefoot and Sarah argue about keeping Spike and Ducky. Argue about keeping Spike, and Ducky figured out how to get him to follow the group using cherries. They should call it the cherry scene, not the berry scene. Ducky essentially adopts Spike as a brother. Uh, The scene, which I think we're watching now, in which the group finds the tree to feed, 
is also edited to speed up the pacing of the film, but messes with the continuity of the scene running order. Uh, one of these cuts ends up in the film's trailer. There's also a deleted scene where the group finds an oasis, but two groups of dinosaurs already live there. A group of big mouths and lizard heads. Uh, these are the same dinosaurs that chase Sarah later in the film. Uh, the big mouths get discriminatory and say that only Ducky can drink. Uh, these elements still appear in the children's book released with the film. I'd remember when that would happen. They'd cut stuff out of the <laughs> film, but in the, the tie-in book, there'd be like extra bits. And you'd be like, wait, where did that bit go? Yeah. There were some like holy grails in films when I was growing up. Um, that, yeah, they eluded me for years and years and years. Some of them eventually showed up on DVDs, but not that many. Little lamentation of childhood there. <laughs> Thanks for stirring up old emotions, Mike. <laughs> I'm not sure why that uh, tree scene being edited messed up with the continuity. But uh, I'm trying to see it. I'm trying to find where the where it was. So um, obviously. Uh, wildly successful film. I think it, it was released at the same time as uh, Oliver and Company and beat it in its opening weekend, taking nearly double the money that Oliver and Company took. Um, then Take Oliver that, and, Oliver yeah. and Company. I bet John Bluth was happy. Not John only because it, not only it was like, his film, but Oliver was a Disney film, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. I would say, who's John Bluth? Is that like his brother or something? Sorry, who am I saying? Don. <laughs> Don. Don Bluth. Um, eh. I'm sure John was delighted John as well. Cause, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, obviously that meant that we have to have sequels, and the Land Before oh, Time so has many got sequels. so many sequels. So <laughs> many sequels. Isn't there like eleven? Uh, there's fourteen, I think. Or there's oh my thirteen Christ, sequels. Why? So there's fourteen films in total and a TV series. How far did you both get to? With I this? only ever saw the the good. There's one good sequel where um, they have to adopt a sharp tooth because that's the it's first lost one. its. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Right. So I, uh, well, my little brother, uh, I should add, obviously, um, I think we got about two or three in, uh, maybe four. Because uh, my brother was at the perfect age for like just everything dinosaurs, and all these were coming out in like ninety four, ninety five, ninety six. Uh, so yeah, he was all over that. Hmm. But yeah, what? so we didn't we didn't get as far. We as should have him on this. We yeah. should. We should. We didn't get as far as uh, Invasion of the Tiny Sauruses or the Great Long Neck Migration. Or there's got to be one where they go into space. No, but there's one where there's aliens, apparently. Does the, in the last one, do they become extinct? Because when does that happen? Oh, it's already happened. It's happened now in, in real life. Yeah, but like in the film world, like I feel like they were playing with fire, not being able to get to like, a really... Like, and then they're all dead. <laughs> and that would be brave. It'd be, and it'd also, be... do they age? Like, does Sarah and Littlefoot get together, or do they find each other, like, do they hook up with each other's best friend? Have dinner parties? Well, we got, clearly, 
we, what we need to do is marathon the lot. Because oh. these are questions <laughs> that need to be answered. Let's just skip to and the And the end. perusal of Wikipedia is not going to scratch that We'll itch. just watch the last one. I... I would be. I would take care with with um, googling the uh, the the Land Before Time kind of adventures because it is a, a franchise that's popular with that particular brand of uh, when people take characters and write their own fan fiction Ew. and stick it all oh, together. Yeah. I can't remember Isn't what it was a called. Toxic fandom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever read any fan fiction? I try not to. I've only ever read like half of one and it was a Nightmare for Christmas fan fiction. And I think I read the first two pages and I was just like, yeah, I'm out. Um, <laughs> and it was about Jack and Sally after the film finishes getting married and then him having to go to the doctor to ask like, can you make <laughs> us children? Because clearly oh she's God. a corpse and I'm a skeleton. So how's that going to work? Wow, and and like the doctor was just like constantly like making sexual innuendos and being really weird, and Jack was like, "Give it a break." <laughs> I like wow. that the fan fiction was even like, "I've gone too far." It was like self-censoring, self-criticizing. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I want to find. I, don't, I mean, the film's playing in the background. It's it's entertaining. It's great, but I want to find out more about this fan fiction because that sounds awful. That's all I remember. I just remember being like, I don't want to see where this goes. <laughs> I have to say, it's it's not a cultural thing that I've I've ever really been. But it is fascinating in. to see, like, like what the logic on it is. Is like if they think they they could have done better, or they felt just so incomplete by the ending. Yeah, I, I. This is weird. Is this actual dirt that they're just throwing down? Yeah, it it, it looks like it's kind of green screen or composited, yeah. in, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really strange. Hmm. They used to do that quite a lot for like snow and rain effects. Mm. I like the fact that they were like, "Fuck if I'm animating ash." <laughs> <laughs> you can get to fuck Spielberg. I remember when I was younger because I was dumb when I was younger. Believe it or not. Uh, being so Younger. impressed by uh, hey hmm. by uh, <laughs> animated snow in an old Ren and Stimpy, and uh, watching that scene as an adult, it's the most obvious video overlay of snow. <laughs> but I remember at the time thinking, "Wow, these animators are brilliant." I don't have pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> you are not a bright boy. It wasn't the brightest. Easily scared as well. <laughs> I love the stories of you as a child being scared of various things, but like inanimate objects. Well, I'll, I'll show you things that scared me in old films when I was a kid, and you'll look at me like that's not scary. Yeah, yeah but even I was a kid small, when. <laughs> yeah, but even as a child. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't remember what used to scare me now. Did you ever watch this as a kid? No. That's weird. What uh, did you watch? <laughs> what? Just like... Porn. Yeah. Throughout the... <laughs> <laughs> well, like animated movies? I watched a ton of them. I just... Not this particular series. Um, yeah. You know, you or maybe American like a, a friend may have... Had, yeah, I watched American Tale at like a friend's house once and kind of 
remembered not being that interesting. I guess maybe you were just that little bit too old for this to be that great. Maybe just not my thing so much. Like, I was never that into dinosaurs. How? Like, every kid is into dinosaurs a bit. Yeah, well, I I marched to the beat of my own drum. Weirdo. (laughs) Freak! (laughs) (laughs) I think Um, it is is kind of, you have to, it's one of those things you have to go through. You have to become obsessed with dinosaurs for Some people, like, it never ends. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) How is Mike? How are the facts coming on on the uh, chat room? Well, it's kind of halted. Maybe I should refresh... He the, um, he overexcited himself. He gave us too many facts in a in blast. I think he had written these all up in the day and were just like copying and pasting by paragraph. I like to think that he was just <laughs> manically typing. Oh, just, there is one more about just the so ending no one else of the can film. Get in a word we in. should uh, bank it for later. Yeah, save that one. Um, I'm trying to remember what films I watched as a kid. I've got drawn a complete blank. I just made my own. <laughs> <laughs> Was it just like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Muppet film, like on loop and Ghostbusters? <laughs> Those all came a bit later, though. I was I would have been like six or seven at that point. Um, definitely, I I watched Ghostbusters at the time, but there wasn't animation. Um, I remember going to a, a birthday party uh, once, and uh, the kid had just been given a new proton pack, like Ghostbusters proton pack, mm-hmm. and. All, all our other friends turned up with their Ghostbusters proton packs, which squirted water out the end. And uh, I didn't have one, so I was given a bottle of squirty washing up liquid. <laughs> and I never felt so poor in my entire life. <laughs> and a Sharpie yeah. to draw the ghost on. Not even that. <laughs> it's funny how films that are like so nostal- like nostalgic for some people mean nothing to other people, like... For like all of my friends, this is such a like a big deal, and we like wax on about how much we love this film all the time. Yeah. But then also lots of people that love this film love things like Secret of Nim and Fern um, Fern Gully and stuff, and I never watched those as kids, so they don't do anything for me. Mm. And it's not that they're not good films; I just don't have like the ingrained memory of like being sick in bed with chicken pox watching that film. Yeah, you kind of you get your own sort of mixtape in your head, don't you, of mm. the films that you were like kind of exposed to as a kid and sort of it shapes people differently and uh obviously it, it's great to have these kind of things in common, but sometimes you don't, you know, you won't have watched um you know The Land Before Time or any of the Don Bluth films. But it does seem weird because they are so ubiquitous with our sort of you know 80s 90s kids yeah i think it's also interesting because like i have like really strong memories of films and in my head certain films go together because they were on the same recorded vhs i had as a child (laughs) so like i can't like separate the two so for me like willow and labyrinth are the same film pretty much (laughs) even though they're not remotely but because they both come from the same kind of era kind of fantasy and we're on the same vhs and for some reason gremlins and cocoon because once again they were on the same vhs and i would often <laughs> fall asleep with the gremlins going into the pool and then old people in a pool like waking up with old people rising from a pool and being like hmm, what's happened here This is very similar to... Is it Ferngully or Secret of Nim that has this kind of black slime monster? I think it's 
I think it's room on the broom as well. It's used in quite a few <laughs> things, isn't it? It's like all the but characters like will a, get together oh, and cover themselves was, in mud the or paint or something. Had, uh, but there's like a really this. iconic one in one of either Fern Gully. I think it's Fern Gully because Fern Gully is about like uh, environment and deforestation. Okay. I saw a bit of that on TV the other day. And it, there's some kind of iconic monster in, in that that is basically just a giant oil slick. It's slightly troubling how much they're uh, just playing with the uh, the material of their eventual demise <laughs> in the tarp here. Like, it's a little bit on the nose. Hexus, I think, is the character in Fern Gully. Ah, uh, it is Fern Gully. Um, alias, the spirit of pollution. There you go. Environmental message. Fern Gully. Yeah, that film did have a real environmental message. Well, it's all about like a guy that was leave much to the imagination, did they? Isn't it like about like a guy who was uh, meant to be like soaring down trees and then gets turned into like a fairy? Yeah, and then every third frame of the film is just the words "pollution bad" in big red letters. How much we've moved on? Yeah, yeah, we don't need that anymore. We didn't do so well. No, we didn't. It's great that uh, that generation are now kind of paying attention and going, yeah, Thurn Gully was right. People are, the world's on fire. Come on, guys. And we're really bad at it. Yeah. Look at the water. That's beautiful, isn't it? Some beautiful stuff here. This, this is, is a film that makes you ache for being outside, doesn't it? Like, this makes me really want to go find a lake. Hmm. We're up to this the part is... of the film where where Littlefoot is actually um, planning to kill another living uh, creature, which um, is often a thing that's glossed over in kids' films. <laughs> but it's evil. Yeah. Are we near the ending of this? We point? are. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I can uh, whip out Michael's ending factoid. I think we've got we've got a few minutes, maybe. Okay. Um, well, because uh, he says the ending for the film is also heavily cut and re-edited. The original ending had Littlefoot leaving the group after his fight with Sarah, stumbling upon the pond, asks his mother for help, to which her cloud spirit leads him to discovering the Great Valley. He goes up to find the group that has now followed Sarah into the lava field, once everyone was. Oh, he added a new fact and it <laughs> moved everything. Once everyone was rescued on the way back to the Great Valley, they find Sharptooth has discovered the entrance to the valley, and in order to protect it, they plan to kill Sharptooth in the pond, after which Littlefoot guides them to the valley. Um, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. But instead, in this version, Littlefoot's there the entire time. Right. So it wasn't really that big a change. The scene where Sharptooth fights the group had scenes removed as they were deemed too scary. Peachy's fight was supposed to be longer. Ducky distracting Sharptooth in the pond, which still exists in the trailer. Shit. I do do feel genuine peril rewatching this. I do feel that (laughs) Petri's done for. Petri's done for. 
there's no kind of coming back from this. I mean, look at the look at Sharptooth. It's just it's just a killing machine. <gasps> no, he's got Ducky. Petrie's like, I'm not having that. <laughs> Get off my girlfriend! I it will, will never take your work. Other eye. It will never work <laughs> out. But she's going gone. for the. Oh, as as I came back. As, is he missing an eye at this point? No. Oh, okay. I don't know. Why is one eye closed? I think that was the thing that... That was, um, yeah, earlier on. Uh, Bambi's mother stopped the... Uh, right. Uh, yeah. No, Petrie. No. That's the end of Petrie credits. No. <laughs> Petrie. I'm still in existential crisis that I can't remember any animation films i liked as a kid before you were very discerning you didn't think much of them i can't (laughs) like i was aware of them i just before beauty and the beast i can't think of any like i guess who framed roger rabbit pinocchio i wasn't that crazy about them it's (gasps) it's weird to think like because i'd like them more now oh sad bit Hey! Hey! You made it. How old were you when you watched uh, Comic Quest, Ben? Because that's something that you often refer to as a childhood film. That's one good point. That was, um, yeah, we used to rent that a lot, and I yeah. remember the videotape box had like LED lights that played a tune, like uh, old Christmas cards used to. Um, mm. For sure. But that film was. What is that? It's the Mark Twain. Oh, film. can we watch that maybe? I think that's on the long list, yeah. It is. Um, and The Phantom Toll Booth, which is a Chuck Jones film, which I watched again as an adult and didn't really like that much. Um, but I remember watching that a lot. Oh, no, I've remembered one. Oh, I'm going to be exiled from the Squiggly uh, Film Club, I think. Maybe this can be your um, secret shame film. Well, I, hmm, it hasn't stayed with me. Oh, okay. But um, I do remember watching it a lot as a kid. The effing Care Bears movie. Ew. With the we're head doing, in the book. We're, do, we're doing the Care Bears movie. That's, That's it. Gonna, you hear it here first. That's going to be your <laughs> secret um, pleasure film. <laughs> but then your like favourite toy as a kid was a Care Bear. Yeah. Um, well, I had, like, my teddy bear was a Care Bear, so it's like, maybe that was You're like, my, my toy's a star. <laughs> Actually, I always didn't like... My, my Kebo was grumpy, and I always thought grumpy was a dick in the cartoon. But like, you, I, I didn't like... I didn't associate them as the same character. My grumpy was more, you know... Your grumpy had it. sass. <laughs> he had attitude, but he wasn't a, he wasn't a killjoy. Yeah. <laughs> There's that repeated animation. Unbelievable. So oh, cheap. man. Oh. A bunch of choices. Yeah, look, it's lots of duckies. And they've adopted Ooh, Spike. Duckies. He's not going to stand out on the family photos at all. Yeah. Oh. oh, I love Spike. Look, everyone's so happy. <laughs> I've been trying. I've been, been trying drunk? to find. Yeah, I've been just... trying to find the kind of a reference uh, for Spike because it's it's down, it's written on the internet, but not a sort of reliable source that he was purposely uh, created in a type of way where he would be seen as a disabled character to. You know, uh, to to appeal to to a generation that that you know might not have disabled friends or you know help them kind of understand people with disabilities, because um, the film's quite accepting, isn't it? In its you know 
mission, I suppose. Mm. All these different well, types meant of dinosaurs to, like, going together, you know. Having all the different types of like types of uh, dinosaurs is meant to show all the different kind of like races and creeds and mm. of people to sort of teach kids to be more open, even if their parents aren't. Yeah, yeah. That was something that was in the Jim Henson dinosaurs. Was like the long neck dinosaurs were persecuted. I remember that being like a. Oh, that was an episode, wasn't it? It was a. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had a friend who was like um, a brontosaurus, I guess, if that's one of the long neck ones. Um, but they never built the whole puppet. It was just a head. A brontosaurus. Have you not learned anything from Mike? No. Oh, he's going to be so ashamed. <laughs> He's going to start his own podcast just so he can correct us all. <laughs> I think the the dinosaur podcasts out there should do a rebuttal episode, just pointing out how not in the know. Hey, we made I it. Am. We made it to the end. So here we have uh, Diana Ross going for it, and this is the this is my favourite bit because I always felt that these were so so American these films as kids. But you look at the credits, especially the animators. And it's the most Irish list you've ever seen in your life. They're all Burn and Boyle and you know, O'Neill and things like that. So, as we're coming to the end, have we made a decision on what our film for next week was going to be? Or like Land our... Before Time 2 through 14. <laughs> Versus <Yeah>. Care Bears. <laughs> we're going to watch all of them back to back for 14 hours. Or Care Bears. <laughs> Uh, what, what's on the Michael list? Again, an astounding 14 sequels have been made, as well as eight games, what? two sing-along videos, and a TV series, and all a complete tosh <laughs> compared to the original. They even had a movie to do with aliens disguised as dinosaurs. <laughs> UFOs in a dinosaur movie? What is this? Transformers Age of Extinction? I'm guessing if I'd seen Transformers Age of Extinction. You I'd... tell them, Mike. Well, for me, despite the film's many cuts and rearrangements, says Mike, I still enjoy this movie 100%, and not just because I would watch it repeatedly on VHS back when I was a sprog. Um, Mike, Mike I, has I a point. Was... Mike has yep. a point. We, we could do Transformers the Movie versus Care Bears as a kind of 80s cheap, cheap-ass feature film. <laughs> one, <laughs> one week we could do that, perhaps. I don't know if, uh, if there's anything else loaded up in the chamber, but... Um, yeah, I think maybe an 80s kind of director VHS uh, toy franchise. Toy franchise, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I have to say this was really, really um, a fun film to look at. Mm. You know, I um, and I was kind of following on, like, between uh, looking up factoids and watching the subtitles. Um, but no, it's just very, very uh, artistically very appealing yeah the the backgrounds and the environments and stuff are really nice well i think that's what what bluth kind of really pushes isn't it you know he, he wants to kind of bring back what uh what disney lost and i think films like this really kind of shook disney up uh it's kind of well noted that you know if if it weren't for don bluth and it, to a certain extent, if it weren't for Care Bears, the movie, making so much money over The Black Cauldron, Disney wouldn't have booked their ideas up. They were ready to shut down their animation division. So films like this really kind of 
paved the way in a kind of really bad way for like the little mermaid and uh beauty and the beast and the whole disney renaissance mm-hmm. that's my fact that everyone already knows <laughs> how are you feeling about it laura do you enjoy watching it again yes it is a good film I've let Michael know that his uh, insights were the glue that held this podcast together. They certainly were. Okay, so uh, next film. Did uh, we... Triplets and Red Turtle? Okay, yeah, yeah. Triplets of Belleville uh, up against Red Turtle. I'm pretty sure we'll do both of them at some point. Oh, we'll yeah. do but, everything um, that's been knocked out at some point because yeah. they're all brilliant <laughs> films. Yeah. Are you happy with that? But we need to hear from yeah. We need to hear from people. We need people to tell us. Oh, I can't believe X has lost out. You know, if you want to see an American tale, let us know about it. Get in touch on you know Twitter and Facebook and all the rest. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm more than happy with the Red Turtle versus Triplets of Belleville only because I've absolutely no idea which one I'll vote for. And I would say I'd vote for one Mm. on one platform and one on the other. But there's three platforms. You can vote on Twitter, you can vote on the website, and you can vote on Facebook. And I've no idea where my second, which one will get the second vote, if <laughs> any of them, because that's a really tough choice for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure where I'll land either, but uh, I guess we'll see. We'll, we'll let the public Between steer the way. Between triplets and red? Yeah. Triplets. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. hard, actually. Hmm. The more of it. It would be easier if it was the illusionist in Red Turtle. I do like the illusionist. I wouldn't want to put it up against a heavyweight like the Red Turtle. <laughs> I'd rather it up against um, Dot in Space. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm happy with that. Red Turtle versus Triplets of Belleville or Belleville Rendezvous or whatever you want to call it. I can't say it. That's the only downside to that film. I can't say the title. I was just I just like lose faith in myself by Bell. Triplets Belleville. Triplets de Bunaview. Yeah, you can just call it Belleville Rendezvous. I just call it triplets because it's the only word I can say. (laughs) I did not take French. I do remember um, finding it a little sort of odd that the English title was initially Belleville Rendezvous, which is also French. Yeah. Like, as, as a translation of Le Triplet de Belleville. <laughs> um, they didn't... I don't like, know what, we're not giving in. Presto- <laughs> oh, screw it. That's the end of the film. We've Thanks, everyone. 36 seconds. Everybody. Oh, no, there's a leaf. Ooh, Soak it up. leaf film. That's so pretty. Vote for the next films on Facebook, Twitter, and everything else. Bye. Bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye.